I'm Jason Hopkins, founder and president of The Connection Project. Welcome to Everyday Brave, a podcast series for emergency responders by emergency responders. We explore real-world issues that each of us face. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and instill hope that we are all in this together. Thank you for joining us on this journey to become more connected to ourselves and others. Let's get started. Today on this episode of the Everyday Brave podcast, I'm joined by Jonathan Dickerson. Jonathan has an impressive and well-rounded history as a sales executive, speaker, and expert on communication and interpersonal relationships. He is a community engagement manager for the Center for Relationship Education. In that role, Jonathan works to improve the health and quality of our relationships through workshops, trainings, and speaking engagements. CRE's thoughtful approach marries evidence-based programming that adds value to the communities they serve. More recently, they have developed programs to support the emergency responder community. I'm excited to learn more about those initiatives today. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to be here, Jason. Thank you. So relationships are a foundation each of us build our lives upon. Um, Can you tell us how you got started on this path to supporting healthier relationships? Uh, like I think all uh, really interesting and great things that unfold uh, by accident. So uh, <laughs> my first year of marriage, my wife Stacy and I were newlyweds and someone uh, recommended that we go to a marriage workshop okay. that the Center for Relationship Education was putting on. And we politely declined and said, oh, no, we're newlyweds and we're in love and everything's going to be great and perfect forever. So we don't right. need to go anywhere and learn anything. And they continued to reference for about a month. They said, no, I, I really think you guys should I, – I, no, I really think you guys should go. They were saying and, something you weren't. Well, I, I think they were just recognizing that here's an opportunity for someone to get skills at the beginning of a marriage. Right. Instead of uh, – I think the couple that was referencing that we should go was seeing – they had been and they had seen the skills and had said – why didn't we get these earlier in our marriage? <laughs> okay. And so eventually we said, okay, we'll go. And we went to an eight-hour marriage workshop and learned so many things that we did not realize were things. We had no idea that there was structure and there was science and there was skill around how to do relationships and how to do conflict. And as we learned more, we said, man, this is amazing. We, we got to get involved in your organization. Tell us more. Do you, do okay. you donors? What do you need? And they said, well, actually, we, we'd love it if you joined our board of directives, uh, board of directors. You, you have a different perspective than the folks who are there now right. and would love to get your input. <clears throat> so we were on the board of directors for, I think, five or six years and we're loving serving in that role to see what the organization is doing and the growth. And uh, in 2017, I transitioned off of the board of directors into a staff position and have been there for the last two years. Wow. That's awesome. So really, it was from your own lived experience that got you interested half-heartedly to begin with. Mm. Then you kind of dived right in, and, and you've moved into um, this leadership role in the work that you're doing with them. So as we dive into this, I mean, Center for Relationship Education sounds like a really clear name. Help me understand, what is it that you all actually do? The goal of the Center for Relationship Education is to equip individuals of all ages with the healthy relationship skills necessary so that they can have positive, positive, thriving relationships with family, friends, coworkers, and romantic partners. So we serve in high schools around the metro area. We do uh, trainings for military, emergency responders, uh, corporate trainings to provide this information to people who, as a participant in the program, can say, oh, my gosh. I didn't know this, and now I know how to apply this skill. Now I know how to use this tool. We also do uh, trainer of trainer models, the we call it TOT, uh, the trainer of trainer model, where we know we can't be everywhere. So right. instead of trying to be everywhere, there's only 12 of us, we will certify other individuals with the science-based 
medically accurate, data-driven, <laughs> evidence-informed skill the curriculum that we teach so that they can take it into their population. They can take it into their communities. And using that model, we have over 10,000 teachers in 47 states and seven countries wow. that are using the Real Essentials curriculum, that's the, the curriculum brand of the Center for Relationship Education, to teach their middle school and high school students, college students, and uh, those young adults Though the different iterations of the curriculum can also be used uh, most recently in nursing homes and uh, retirement living communities and, of course, as we're discussing, with military and emergency responders. So really to understand, your relationships are not just defined to, you know, interpersonal couple relationships. They could be for anything, workplace, uh, friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, And you all have success outcomes based on the sort of programming that you have to really know, has this made a difference once somebody's completed it? We've had a number of studies that we have been a part of. Uh, We've also had independent third-party evaluation that's taken a look at the outcomes uh, that are the result of schools as a result of individuals, as a result of organizations that have gone through the programming and have been able to put a dollar figure to say, you know, depending on the context, the $1 that you invested in this relational wellness program generated an additional six or eight or 27, uh, in some cases, uh, additional dollars, um, either money saved or um, not having to hire and train uh, to then lose the same person uh, or increase productivity, decrease stress and uh, conflict in a workplace. Um, So, yes, we are really excited to be able to have something that comes to us. um, Most of the science comes from the University of Denver. Okay. And they give us the science. We put it together in the curriculum with activities that are easy to engage with and easy to teach. And then we know that it is making a difference in the lives of the people who receive it. So I'm, if I'm hearing you right, regardless of what it costs, it sounds like it pays for itself well. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, a lot of the folks who we serve, specifically the emergency responders, we do s- serve through a uh, federal government grant um, okay. so that most of the emer- none of the emergency responders pay anything to be a participant at a marriage workshop or in an individual workshop. They don't pay anything for that. Okay. So the return on investment for those folks is incalculable and is priceless. <laughs> uh, but for the folks who are implementing this in a corporate space or um, who are looking to change a school culture or who are trying to make their nonprofit more effective because we have better communication and fewer conflicts, um, it really is a pretty dramatic impact that this can have when it's taken seriously and implemented by um, specifically implemented by leadership. So you mentioned a minute ago about the groups that you serve, which sounds very broad. Dumb question here. How do you all define relationship? Never a dumb question. Um, We look at uh, relationship as, again, anybody who you are in a a connection with uh, that, that that is lasting. And by that, I mean... We're all kind of in a relationship for a hot second with the barista at Starbucks. We, yeah, you know, I need I need to give you something. You need to give me something. We had a little relationship there, but it's not particularly lasting for most of us. Okay. Um, and so uh, we look at the the family who are around you. These these are lasting relationships. The friends okay. we want these to be lasting relationships. Um, the folks who you're working with, um, we, whether it's your part time job at the Chick fil A because you're a high school student, or it's a part of uh, the full time gig that you're doing as a contract worker in your government role. These are people you're going to be seeing for a while. Right. So we want the relationships to be healthy. We want the relationships to be um, productive. And we can't burn a bridge today because we're going to see this person every day for the next five years. Right. Um, and, of course, with romantic relationships, we, we want those to be as healthy and conflict-free as is possible. We never strive for um, the absence of conflict as uh, a defining characteristic of healthy relationships because it's not. So if I'm understanding you correctly, 
anybody is really an ideal candidate to participate in the programming that you do. We, we would love for everybody to have it. Um, we, we don't see people. We, we've not yet come across somebody who says, oh, well, you, you already know all this. And we've never had anybody who's come right. through a workshop and finished and said, yeah, I knew all that stuff or I was doing all that stuff or I didn't get anything out of this. Right. Um, unfortunately for us, we don't have the funding to be Everywhere for Yeah, I'm everybody. not making this an invitation for everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to find that, that, that it's something anybody could probably utilize or learn something from. And that, that's the case, again, largely because uh, the science bears that this is universal. This is everywhere, everyone in any culture, regardless of your socioeconomic status, um, regardless of your country of origin or a preferred language, when it comes to relational wellness, we all have the same needs, the need to belong, the need to feel connected, the need to feel known and sure. valued for who we are, even though we are imperfect people. We all have that. And that means that everybody everywhere is in relationships and is striving for healthy relationships sure. and could use so you brought up a word a minute ago that ties well to this Everyday Brave series that we're doing that we're recording for. The word wellness is used a lot in the emergency responder community. Um, that seems to be the word that they've chosen to encompass mental and physical health that, you know, has spiritual aspects, has nutritional, physical aspects, all of those things. H how do you define wellness in the work that you do? What do you think it encompasses? I, I think I look at wellness and it is being able to operate from the healthiest place possible. Okay. Um, wellness is, um, as it pertains to relationships, it is when the strengths and the health of the relationships that you have prepare you, equip you, and support you to overcome the challenges that life provides and presents. Um, that if, if you look at the bulk of the folks who are struggling in some capacity with um, mental wellness or relational wellness, the, one of the things that's generally happening for these individuals is that they do not feel uh, the support necessary for them to get through, to get over, to get past uh, whatever it is, the challenge that life has thrown, that, sure. thrown at them. And in some cases, the challenge that life has thrown at them is the breakdown of the relationships that they have. Uh, it, it's not a phrase that I've ever heard uttered. Um, and I think it, it is telling that of all the different types of people on the planet, I can't recall a single person ever on in history recording um, this testimonial, which is I'm doing really, really well in this one area of my life. And even though my relationships are horrible and I'm isolated <laughs> and alone, I'm really happy. Okay. I've never heard anything even close to that. So you're saying there is a correlation between healthy relationships and, and a happier life. The, the Harvard Happiness Study, which is the longest longitudinal study that's ever been uh, undertaken, studied individuals for more than 75 years. It started with individuals who were attending Harvard um, just uh, at the uh, beginning of World War II. Okay. And it followed these individuals for decades, looking at all the different factors that could be contributing to the life that they have. And the end conclusion after studying them as they became uh, became uh, soldiers, as they came returned from war, as they became family members, as they became parents, as they became spouses, it followed them as they became grandparents and through their careers. And the end conclusion of the Harvard Happiness Study is that it is not money, it is not um, accomplishments, and it is not acquisitions that increase the level of health and happiness that an individual has. If an individual's relationships are strong and healthy, that individual is happier and that individual is right. healthier. 
So, yes, I think. Which ties beautifully to the work we do at the Connection Project. I mean, you know, relationships are kind of the foundation for everything um, that, that we build upon in life. And, and I, I admire the work you're doing. I think it's, um, it is valuable and it's important. And, and I agree with you. Um, we spend a lot of effort and energy on the acquisition of more stuff mm. and things and experiences. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure that it ultimately adds up to a whole lot of value. And, and what you're saying is the study proves it does not in, increase happiness. Um, in the the it, I think it's in 2016 dollars. The last time I looked at the study, it basically said in in America, up to seventy five thousand dollars a year in household income, you will be happier the more money you make. But after once you hit seventy five thousand dollars, your your needs rate, are met. And, you need, your financial needs are met. Uh, you make an additional ten thousand dollars. That doesn't make you any happier. Right. Um, if that ten thousand dollars is invested in ways that help you uh, better connect in relationships, then that is what increases the level of happiness. And isn't it amazing how we're all so focused on making more money? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that blows my mind. So the work that you guys are doing with emergency responders in that community, let's let's talk about what that looks like at CRE. So about March or, um, March or February of 2018, we wound up as an organization because we were grant-funded. One of our grant-funding partners – basically called us and said, hey, we were supposed to serve a number of military couples at an upcoming event. We're not going to be able to. Here's your money back because we can't do it. I'm sorry we didn't have any more notice for you, but you've got about 60 days to try and fill it. We said, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, No pressure. No pressure. So we reached out to, uh, uh, I think, one of the chaplains at Rocky Mountain Police Chaplains Association and said, hey – do you think your your folks that you serve would be interested in attending a marriage retreat? And that chaplain introduced us to Rhonda Kelly with Responder Strong. Okay. And Rhonda Kelly filled all 40 slots for couples that we had in about 48 hours. She's using, amazing. She is an amazing networker, and she is an amazing advocate for the responder community, um, and not just the local responder community, the, the greater responder community around the country. And when those responders came to the marriage workshop, their responses to the retreat were so overwhelmingly this was amazing. We need more of this. Right. And why didn't we have this before okay. that we said, you know, we hadn't been doing a ton with responders before. Why don't we make that a focus? And we did. And so I think in the next year we did another four or six uh, marriage retreats, marriage one day workshops, individual workshops. Mm-hmm. And the requests kept coming in, and Rhonda kept filling all of those. Um, incidentally, the second one, she filled the first one in about uh, 48 hours. The second one, I think she filled in an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so amazing, this, this woman. Uh, but we recognize here's a population that's right in our backyard who is near and dear to the hearts of our organization. Uh, sure. m- me personally, um, my, my thesis in my undergraduate studies was on depression in the law enforcement community. I'd long had uh, interest in going into the FBI and having a career in law enforcement. I was um, cha- changed direction as a result of some, uh, some, some things that happened in college, but my best man at my wedding, best friend from high school, is a sergeant right now down in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Okay. Um, brother-in-law who's uh, a sheriff in Colorado. Uh, my cousin is a corrections officer in Texas. So the law enforcement community and the, the greater responder community is has long been something that has been near and dear to our hearts. So to be able to pour in in these ways has been um, really fulfilling for us, uh, but it's been really uh, empowering to see the change that has taken place specifically from the folks who didn't attend a workshop, from the folks who are part of the responder community who didn't attend a workshop and who then came to us and said, I don't know what you guys did. 
but my partner's a very different person after you went to that thing, and I want to talk to you about that. Or I don't know what you did, but my spouse, um, who is is a responder, they went to this training at work, right. and they came home different than they were. They're behaving different. They're making different word choices. They're 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 more the person who I I thought that I had paired up with. You then, can't buy that kind of testimony. I, and again, it's from people who themselves had not experienced it. So sure. they, they didn't know what happened there. They just knew something happened. Right. Um, and so we're really excited to have taken this next step. And instead of doing only the direct services where someone from the Center for Relationship Education is delivering the trainings to responders, we've now created that that train the trainer, train, a trainer of trainer model, so that we can get this information into the hands of individuals in responder communities who are certified, and they can teach their agencies. They can get the folks in their EMS units or the folks in their dispatch um, units, the folks in the precinct or the firehouse, trained with these relationship skills in the the, the chunks of time that they have to deliver the, the information. So really, from what you're saying, is that program could be delivered anywhere nationally? Correct. Once somebody's trained to, to lead it. And that we, we had our first uh, train, the trainer certification two weeks ago, and the plan was to have another one in six months. We've already had uh, enough call and demand for it. We actually had to move that up. We're having another one in six weeks. Wow. Um, and so we, we already have the next one on the books, and we're still having the one that's So there's no tomorrow. shortage of demand for people that want this. There is not. So, so tell me, what does a workshop look like if I wanted to come to some sort of relationship work, workshop? What does it look like? So if we're talking specifically about uh, what it is we're doing for the emergency responders. Yeah, let's, and an, let's an individual, start there. An individual workshop, about eight hours. Okay. You show up, um, again, because they're grant funded, they take a 10-minute uh, survey. And then we dive in with activities because everybody knows death by PowerPoint is a real thing. You can go to a meeting <laughs> and absolutely lose a portion of who you are because it is so boring and dry. Even if you're a good presenter. Even if you're a great presenter, reading right. off of the screen makes a rough presentation. Presentation, which means that people leave not feeling that they got much out of it. Sure. So once they're there, we do activities. And the activities are, again, all kind of approved by the University of Denver's Department of Psychology researchers to confirm that this activity does indeed teach this skill, which research has shown we need to teach. Okay. And once they've practiced that skill, we give them an opportunity to, to or once they've learned the skill, we give them an opportunity to practice it. To get it wrong because they will because they just learned it. And right. then we walk through, okay, well, let's tweak this and let's make it a little bit better. And, hey, did everybody see how we could do this better so that they feel uh, equipped and empowered to use those skills as soon as they leave? I, I had one training where maybe 30 minutes into an activity, a gentleman just hopped up from the training and left. It, it, it looked very much like he stormed out of the room. Well, you know, as a presenter, that's embarrassing. But – Soldier on, the show must go on, continue. He came back 15 minutes later, and he brought somebody else who wasn't in the training with him. And he said, hey, it works. He interrupted the training. I said, I'm sorry, what are you saying? He said, I just learned that skill. And then I took it to this colleague who I've been struggling <laughs> with for three months. I used that skill, and it works. I just used it, and I wanted to bring him back so that wow. you guys who are here know this works. I just used it. Um, and so the goal is to give them the activities that will teach them the skill that they can immediately leave the room, hopefully not storming out, but can leave the room <laughs> and then put to work. Um, so it's it's a eight hour day. Of so it's a connective experience. Correct. And it sounds like it's adaptive. Yep. Um, you guys are are learning as you go along, and if there's something that needs to be adapted um, to meet the needs of that community, um, you're doing so. And it sounds like you had somebody pop up and go practice it. 
on the fly. On the fly. So um, it sounds like the growth trajectory for you guys is is doing more of these, but it's really this train-the-trainer model so you can start blanketing across the nation with these programs. Like, what is what is the next step or next phase of, of CRE look like? I, I think you have identified it, Jason. The, the next step is getting more of the responder communities from around the country to recognize that this is – incredibly valuable and beneficial to not just their agency, not just the individuals within their agency, but to the individuals within their agency's families and then the greater community that they serve at at large. It's really valuable for them. And so if they are – if they are listening and are interested in this and are unable to come to Denver, for example, to the upcoming certification training we have here – we travel, and we would be happy to travel to anywhere in the country to deliver this to, I think it's a minimum of, uh, of 10 or 20 folks, and they don't all have to be from a specific agency. So okay. um, if I've got one police precinct who says, well, we've only got five people here who we'd like to certify, but the local firehouse has got another five, and then the dispatch unit, they've got five, and then uh, the local EMS, um, th- those folks, they're going to be able to send five. Well, now we've got 20 folks who are coming from these different agencies who are all going to hear – examples and stories that resonate with their on-the-job and with their off-the-job experience sure. as they learn these skills that they can then share with their coworkers um, and their other fellow responders. So culturally, these people all blend together for this training, and that works seamlessly, I'm assuming. It does. Uh, we actually also can blend in. Um, we, we do a lot with military as well, okay. and a lot of the folks that are in the military that are wanting this training but don't have the ability to uh, schedule it in chunks of time that work uh, for the Center for Relationship Education, military personnel um, and trainers uh, can get certified in this and take it back to the base, take it back to the barracks. And, hey, if you only got 20 minutes, you deliver it before the briefing. Don't call the Center for Relationship Education and say, hey, can you come on base for 20 minutes? You know, you've been certified. You've been deputized. Go forth and teach this however you want, people, whenever how, you want. However you want, whenever you want, because you now know how to do that. Okay. So if I'm listening and, and I don't have the pull to make this happen in my agency, what what would I do next to get my agency to get engaged or learn more about it? So one of the first steps is obviously to just reach out to the Center for Relationship Education. We have a director of sales, uh, Stacy, Stacy at MyRelationshipCenter.org. Okay. Uh, but, but one of the things that I think often happens is somebody says, well, I don't have the pull. I don't have the pull to make this happen. So what can I say so that the people who do have the pull see the value in this? And okay. one of the things that we can share is – um, having connected with an organization that does the research on this, if you are in an organization and you have an employee in that organization who is divorcing, you, as the employer, as the agency that employs them, is paying 20% of their annual salary each year for between three and seven years as a result of that divorce. Wow. So if you put that in real numbers, if you've got a firefighter who's in your unit and that firefighter is making uh, $50,000 each year and they're going through a divorce, your agency is losing between $10,000 per year for three years up to $10,000 a year for seven years as a result of that divorce. The year before the divorce is finalized is generally a pretty 
rough productivity year. Uh, we have uh, the increased distractions, more use of sick days, more uh, likelihood that we're going to no, no call, no show to the work, which increases the stress on coworkers and increases the stress over the supervisor. Of course. The year of the divorce, also not a picnic. And so productivity is not back to pre-divorce uh, levels. And the year after the divorce, we're still recovering to try and get back to the levels that we were at before things in the relationship dissolved. As a result, again, one example, one firefighter divorcing who makes $50,000 a year, your agency is losing $30,000 um, minimum as a result right. of that. So just the ripple effect of that one incident, knowing that there are likely many going on at any given time, this is costly work to not do. It's incredibly expensive, but because there isn't a line item on their budget that says money lost due to decreased productivity, increased job stress, increased fatigue, burnout, accidents, injury that all happened as a result of being distracted, I don't have a line item for that. Right. So I don't see how much I'm paying for this. Oh, right. You're paying for it. Every right. organization is paying for this. but. Because you can't see it with a line item, you also, in many cases, they don't have a line item that says, I want to spend money on training. Mm -hmm. And, well, I don't have money for training, so I can't afford to get someone certified in this. If you've experienced any of these types of issues within your agency, you really can't can't afford not Not to to get them certified. Because that's costing you much, 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 much more than having someone from your organization certified. So we've just talked about the financial impacts. And being that this is science-based, talk to me for a second you know, what are the positive outcomes that you see from people or agencies engaging in these? Are are people staying married longer? Are they having healthier interpersonal relationships at work? Are the tools that they're learning, are they sustainable? And what are the outcomes you see? Sure. So we haven't done any of the longitudinal studies on a responder community specifically, but okay. we have received so many testimonials that are glowing recommendations to other people. I, I think every responder should have this. This should be a required part of the onboarding curriculum before you start working in uh, the responder community. Um, there are a couple of the schools, as I understand it, that that serve to teach Um, responders so that they have the skill to then take this as a career that have expressed an interest in having this become a part of their curriculum because they recognize we need it early. We don't need it as the after effect. Um, Responders respond. And so they do a really solid job of, okay, is there a crisis? Well, let's fix the crisis now. But they have historically not done as great of a job keeping a crisis from happening in advance uh, with prevention. Uh, So the, the, the pieces of the puzzle that we've seen coming back to us are uh, spouses, again, who have said, I, I don't know what was taking place at that training, but I'm hearing very different things. I'm seeing a very different countenance, and I'm hearing, uh, I'm experiencing my, my partner in a very different way than I had been before that training took place. We're laughing more. Um, the kids are less stressed. There, there is a lot of... Um, familial family and community impact when a responder is stressed uh, and and their job is incredibly stressful. It, right. it, there, it, there isn't a, and they a, historically don't bring that home and share. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> sharing it is often seen as a sign of either weakness or um, the, the other ideal is, well, I won't share with them because it's hard and right. I'll protect them from that hard. And by I not, burden them. I, if I, if I share it with them, then they're trying to carry something and I don't want them to have to carry right. that. Um, and so to be able to have um, communities, uh, even coworkers who have said, I, I wasn't in whatever briefing took place, but the people who were in the briefing, they're behaving differently since that took place. Right. And I am liking what I am seeing. I'm enjoying how we interact much more now than I was before. 
all of that translates into fewer uh, on-the-job conflicts arising. And when they do arise, they're able to be handled um, in healthier ways than they were before. Mm -hmm. It also translates into a much more on-the-job focus because try as we might, as people, we do not have the ability to simply leave all of the emotions and no. life stress in the car, in the parking lot. And, and we wouldn't want people to, ultimately. Especially because they can't. Uh, but we, well, we, and we, we know that sharing things is, is part of the healing process. It is, it is part of the way that you connect. It is part of the, the way that you feel um, appreciated and valued by people who you know get you. Um, so, yeah, we wouldn't want them to do that. Uh, but to be able to have those different pockets and populations Returning to us, uh, I, I think one of the best testimonies, testaments is the, the, the rapidity, at where the, the, the quickness um, that happens after we announce that we have a workshop to how quickly it is filled up um, and how quickly we have a wait list. That and, is amazing, actually. And at this point, we're doing, uh, while Rhonda kind of kicked it off for us, at this point, we're doing almost no marketing for the events. Um, the responders are spending time on the website Waiting, when's it go live? They're calling in and emailing. And when really? is the next event? Uh, great. Um, I will mark my calendar and I will log in at 6 o'clock. So the reality the is you could have more than you're having easily. If, we're, if funding were available, we sure. would be able to provide many more direct services. And for the organizations that want us but we're not in a place where we can do the direct service to their organization, um, either because they're not in the Denver metro area um, or due to other constraints, time, um, their ability to get certified and deliver this we we know that it is making a difference for the people who are receiving it. And again, the science of what they are receiving is no different than the science of what um, the, the students are receiving or the folks on the military bases are receiving, the folks in the corporate trainings are receiving. And we've already studied that science to show that that science makes an impact. It increases the right. ability to make healthy decisions, increases the uh, future forecasting. So they look forward to the future and feel more empowered to make their future their own mm -hmm. um, instead of feeling, well, sometimes life just happens to you and you just got to go along with it because you don't have any say. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, so th those are the pieces that have been studied as it pertains to the curriculum, but we just haven't had the, the, the ability to do longitudinal study on it as it pertains to responders using the curriculum. Makes sense. Well, I'm fascinated by the work you're doing. I, I appreciate you and your team at CRE uh, really doing this. So if somebody wants to learn more about you, help us get connected to you. MyRelationshipCenter.org. Uh, MyRelationshipCenter.org is the website. There are specific tabs that are there to say, hey, I'm a I'm, I'm military or I'm an emergency responder or I work with students to be able to find the, the right curriculum because it's not just one curriculum. It's a suite of curricula that sure. are available for everywhere from middle school, high school, young adult, college and beyond, as well as for motherhood, um, which we're really excited. Uh, again, the same underpinnings, but we're now translating that into Spanish. Um, so we, I mean, we've got so many different initiatives to get this into the hands of more people. Um, and the, the website is definitely one of the best places to get started and kind of figure out which, which track am I most interested in. You can click the calendar of events and see the upcoming uh, wedding, uh, excuse me, marriage retreats, upcoming individual workshops. Uh, we have some uh, free events like the Taste of CRE, an opportunity to come to um, the, the office and get, get food, which we cater the whole thing, and <laughs> also get a free experience of one of the activities and start to get an understanding of how relational wellness is so critical right. to organizational wellness, but also individual wellness. And that is usually a good jumping off point when people come and they come to the Taste of CRE and say, oh, my gosh, yes, I now have the skill that I need to advocate for our boss bringing this in, uh, to advocate for getting to one of the workshops. That's fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time today, and thank you for sharing us 
uh, with us, the, the great work that you guys are doing at the Center for Relationship Education. And um, I, I'm glad we can get the word out. We greatly appreciate what you're doing, and thank you for uh, having us on. It's been a pleasure. You as well. We are glad you shared your time with us today. Thank you. If you or someone you know is struggling, we are here to help. You are not alone. The Connection Project has resources that can support you. I encourage you to check out the Everyday Brave digital resource list, which can be found on our website, www.realpeoplereallife.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.